Hello, Barry. I'm enjoying watching you do a little waltz or something to our intro jingle. Uh, we've passed the, the festive period. We've passed Christmas. Uh, it's all just flown by. And like nothing else, we are in this crazy what the actual F moment uh, where we are about to record our you know New Year episode. Just insane. The very last one for 2020, Chad, a year that has blown everything out of the water, a year that we will never forget for the rest of our lives, <laughs> and something that's just been filled with absolute chaos every single day of 2020, Chad. I, for one, am glad that it's almost over, um, but I'm not glad it's the final episode of the year. It feels a bit nostalgic, Chad. Yeah, it kind of does. You're right. I'm, I'm glad that this year is done, um, although, you know, it's not necessarily a guarantee that next year is going to be a whole lot better um but what we are going to do barry is we're going to kick off this episode looking back on how actually crazy this year was looking back on some of the biggest things that we have spoken about over these last 12 months just insane um i know you were looking at that list asking me earlier are you sure we've covered everything and uh you know i was kind of wondering <laughs> barry do you think that list is too short like do you want to add extra things on can anything worse have happened in 2020 Chad, it's one of those things, though, that so much crazy stuff has happened that it's very easy to forget, like, a ginormous news yeah. story that gets buried back in March or back in April because of how much crazy stuff has happened this year. And so I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something very, very big that the viewers and the listeners would catch up on and say, hold on a minute, why didn't you talk about X, Y, and Z? So we have a packed list of what happened in the year that was, and it's very important to look back and kind of reminisce, Chad, yep. for the good, the bad, and the ugly of 2020. Absolutely. And if you've never tuned into our kind of new year episode i know we've only done one before but let's say you're new to the podcast <laughs> definitely stick around as well towards the kind of middle towards the end we're going to be talking about our goals uh, our 2020 goals which are going to be very interesting because obviously a lot of those goals were not possible <laughs> this year as well as looking looking a bit ahead barry and, and trying to be a bit optimistic about what we're going to do next year as well Definitely. The first half of the episode is very much looking backwards, Chad, and the second half is going to be looking a little bit forwards and kind of thinking about what happened this year in our personal lives and how we're going to take it forward. And hopefully for you guys, it gives you lots of ideas for what 2021 is going to bring and give you a time to kind of reflect on what's happened in the past 12 months. Yeah, absolutely. So important. And welcome to Across the Pond. The week that was... It's the week that was, Barry, but it's not really. It's the year that was. We just don't have a jingle recorded yet for that. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to get one of those down as well in our you know, show pack. Uh, but like we said, crazy, crazy year. I don't know how we're going to start with this list of some of the biggest stories of the year. I mean, let's kick off right at the beginning, Barry. Let's talk about the Australia wildfires. Now, these are fires that happen every year, but obviously, as we remember this year, towards the beginning part of the year, it was just absolutely insane. Almost half the country was up in flames, kind of at the exact same moment in time. It was widespread completely across Australia. We, we're not talking about just one sort of cluster or one particular area, but it was completely widespread. And uh, yeah, I mean, just looking back at that again, we seem to have forgotten about it, but a crazy, crazy story this year. Absolutely devastating, Chad. One of the worst fire, I think probably the worst fire in history in, in Australia. And like mm. you said, it happens every year, but not at this scale. If you think back, there were, I think it was about a million hectares of land that was destroyed. Hundreds of thousands of animals displaced. People lost their homes. People lost lots and lots of buildings yeah. and whatnot. And there were serious worries about those fires continuing for months and months and months. The firefighters in Australia couldn't keep up. They were flying people in from all across the world. People were sending foreign aid, like money and kind mm -hmm. of donations and assistance wherever they they could it was this ginormous story but like you say because it happened in the beginning of the year and we didn't know what was coming after it <laughs> it kind of gets buried in the in, in the annals yep. of 2020 which is bizarre because of how big a thing it was yeah absolutely bizarre we talk about all the animal species that you know were almost wiped out completely as well and like you say a lot of big names around the world kind of rallying behind getting some money out um to you know get it under control and it seems like they were able to do that uh thank goodness because you know those fires were certainly very concerning i mean the next big thing barry and this is not exactly this year but we're talking about is it five <laughs> years now or something like that uh, we talk about brexit oh, and uh, i mean brexit actually happened this year obviously we know barry this was boris johnson's mandate uh you know for the conservative party when they did get voted in uh get brexit done uh, and you know for all of the critics out there 
He's done just that. He really has, Chad, but it really shouldn't have been a story we're bringing up in 2020. Mm. Like you said, this has been going on for a long, long time. It's one of the very first stories we were looking at right at the beginning of the podcast. And in our first few episodes, we were talking about how it's pretty much done. It's pretty much a done deal and it's ready to go. And we were so wrong about that. It took months and months and months and months going back and forth with the EU, trying to figure out what is the right deal, what works for everybody, trying to find a win-win. And as of a couple of weeks ago, like it's finally got to a stage where it's, it's signed pretty much and so now we get to see exactly what's going to happen going forward but really really big political news it kind of sparked a lot of debate around things like the EU things like these multinational states things about globalism all of these topics came out because of this Brexit thing and of course this, this idea of this populist movement we've seen with Trump yep. and with Boris and with a lot of countries around the world and I think it's going to be a story we're going to look back on in a couple of years and like hopefully assess what was the damage what were the good parts what were the bad parts was it worth it Etc. Etc. But the fact that it's finally done, Chad, means that hopefully this is the last year we'll be talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we haven't actually even unpacked it yet, Barry, because it happened on Christmas. It was Boris's kind of Christmas gift. Um, and you know, <laughs> we honestly were approaching the end of the deadline, thirty uh, first of December, end of the deadline, and they managed to get this deal just scrape it right through, uh, right in time. I believe it's going to be about a two thousand page document where people are going to be obviously running through the text and looking at all of the fine print uh, but it, it's a very interesting deal it seems it, it leaves some room for uh, kind of fail safes if either one of the party ever at any stage feels like they're they're kind of you know getting hard done by uh, it leaves the door open for arbitration and all that kind of stuff and I guess that's kind of a modern way of, of putting a, a deal together where all sort of possible outcomes are not exactly laid out on a page it's certainly good for lawyers Chad. Mm. it's certainly <laughs> good for lawyers who like to make their money off this sort of thing and I think that we're going to see lots of disputes and lots of like tweaks going forward because of course you can never really foresee all of the externalities and all of the potential outcomes of this sort of deal and so they try and leave as much breathing room as possible so they can adjust and adapt as they go but it's going to take a long time to see the actual like things in place and implement it and see what happens to the economies both on the EU side and the the UK side and see if it actually works and if it works then hopefully you won't need any of that breathing room but it's nice to know that it's there in the back of your mind it's nice to know that there is something to kind of hold on to if things do go pear-shaped absolutely well we'll certainly have to see uh, but at least we can get some certainty and you know that british pound can now stabilize somewhat barry uh, because people haven't known really what is going to happen with it it's been kind of fluctuating uh, with every single little hint of brexit news and concerns etc so luckily we have some certainty we have some stability always a good thing now the next key topic i mean the only key topic to the year the one that defined the year ultimately uh, is this crazy thing called COVID-19, uh, this pandemic that clearly changed. I, I see you a little bit confused there, Barry. I must have missed it, Jed. What's, <laughs> what's COVID-19? What's, what, what, I, I must have been I must have been away when that story came out. Uh, maybe I missed that week's episode. Oh, what's COVID-19? If only, Barry, if only we were fast asleep <laughs> during this whole period, woke up to the prospect of vaccines and just, you know, a world returning to a bit of normality that would be wonderful and uh, I'd like to be taking whatever it is that you're clearly taking <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I, I'm, I'm joking of course because unfortunately it was the biggest story of the year probably the biggest story of our lifetimes Chad if you think about it like that and an absolutely chaotic global pandemic without a cure mm. without a vaccine that spread across the world like wildfire taking down millions of people it, it really has been a, a really tough year because of this pandemic, yeah. it has disrupted everything from economies to families to, to healthcare systems to the way we think about moving across countries to travel, to transport. Everything has been affected by this pandemic and we're going to be feeling the effects of this for years and years and years yeah. to come. And so I know for this whole year, Chad, almost every episode of ours has had some sort of update, had some sort of talking about the story, but it's been so big we had to cover it every single week, right? Yeah, of course. Of course, we definitely did. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people kind of want to zone out and tune out and that's cool we weren't i don't think we were extensively uh it's not the only thing we were covering barry we're not a a news source but we certainly wanted to kind of unpack (laughs) some things that i think we wanted to talk about things that you know you and me and our generation have never had to deal with our 
personal experiences on it, our perceptions, our kind of feelings about all of this stuff, which I think does contribute to some wonderful conversation. So anyway, hopefully that is, you know, going to kind of fade out a little bit uh, when we have some vaccines. I really, really do hope so. Uh, but let me not be too optimistic. Uh, some of the other crazy stuff that happened this year, Barry, we were at the beginning of the year worried about whether we were going to have a World War Three happening, um, where we had, you know, U.S. drone strikes on Iran. We had France and uh, Britain kind of teaming up with uh, with the U.S. as well. Uh, it certainly, certainly was some some crazy, interesting times. I can't believe I nearly forgot the story, Chad. It was so big at the time. And everyone was talking about this idea that this was going to be the start of World War Three. Like Iran were going to kind of respond. And as far as I remember, they killed a general by the name of General Soleimani in Iran with this targeted drone strike that was very precise and kind of gave you a little glimpse of what the future of warfare is going to look like. And a lot of people were very worried about this. A lot yep. of people thought Iran are going to strike back and it's going to be the start of this ginormous like cross-Atlantic war. Um, thank goodness it hasn't happened as yet and things kind of calmed down and Iran kind of kind of stood back and, and I think they realized they were, they were underpowered. But it was certainly a glimpse at how quickly things can change. I remember when that story came out and in the next couple of days, all everyone is talking about is, is when's it going to happen? When mm. is the, the, the return strike going to come? When is the nuke going to be fired? And there were a lot of people really worried about where it was going to go. So I, for one, am very glad that it didn't happen and that things kind of calmed down, but it still was a crazy time, Chad. Definitely, Barry. And it's just crazy. I guess looking back on that and I suppose we've seen you know it's constant warfare happening in the Middle East and there's always you know some sort of conflict going on that we kind of zone ourselves out of but because of the fact that we had the US and France and Britain all involved in this um, for me certainly in my lifetime it feels like it was one of those moments that had some crazy potential um, to kind of like we say replay all the stories of uh, you know generations above us uh, who did have to live through world wars especially because the commander-in-chief was a man by the name of Donald Trump. Yep. And no one knew what to predict from him. Right? If Iran struck back, no one, uh, no one knew what he would do. And so I think if Obama was in place, it might have been a little bit less frantic. Mm. But the fact that Trump had his hands and his fingers on those nuke codes, um, everyone was very, very worried. So yeah, a very, very high stakes time. Lots of diplomacy was required. Lots of kind of damage control was required. The US obviously got what they wanted out of it. They, they kind of came out on top. But it was a very, very much on the knife edge for a long time. There. Yeah, absolutely. Well, something we briefly discussed last week, Barry, Megxit, a word that you had not heard of before, <laughs> and I'm glad to have shared it. Did I spell it? Did I spell it right on the show notes? That's what I wanted to ask. I think I think you have, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you spelled it M-E-G-X-I-T. I, I think that's right. Um, I, I don't know how you can leave out the the G. I mean, it, it kind of just loses its flow without the g i was wondering if you needed the h there because isn't her isn't her m-e-g-h-a-n so is it meg hooks it i don't know that's just know. complicating things barry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah another thing that we really don't see too frequently uh in fact if ever um some royals actually wanting to step away from the family and wanting to become independent financially and uh start seeking out some commercial work. Um, and, you know, there was quite a few little ugly nuances uh, within this. Some statements from the palace. Obviously, the queen not too pleased with a lot of the things that they've done and some uh, opinions even offered on US elections, all of that kind of stuff. Things you do not expect from royals. Um, but but yeah, we did have to deal with Megxit this year. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the, the controversy came, of course, is because Meghan Markle was this very popular actress yep. in like US TV shows. She wasn't the typical royal princess, if that, if that makes sense. And so that was always a little bit controversial. And then they decide to kind of get up and leave, right? And for anyone born into the royal family, you're born into this, this role from the time that you are born. And you don't really have much choice. You kind of grow up as a royal and you get, you get told what to do and yep. you, you find your place in the family and you do what needs to be done. <clears throat> And this is the first time that royal family members, very, very close to the queen, have decided they want to go their own way. And yeah, they've now left the royal palace. They're yeah. now doing their own thing. We talked about their podcasting. We talked about all their charitable stuff. They really are trying to become individuals in their own right without the royal family. Yeah. Like you say, be able to stand on their own two feet and do, do what needs to be done in that sense. And so a really big change for the power of the monarchy in the UK. Of course, if this thing really damages the monarchy mm -hmm. because people start to wonder, 
oh, wait a minute, you actually can leave. It's not like you're some preordained thing just because of the bloodline. Yep. You can choose to make your own decisions. And so the monarchy has been losing relevance over the past 100 or 200 years, and it continues to do so over time, unfortunately. And I think one of the reasons for that is things like this, Jed. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget, Barry, about some of the other complications with them moving. We were talking about security and obviously astronomical amounts of money for their security. Uh, statements coming out from, you know, Justin Trudeau in, in Canada and Trump also kind of preempting some of that security costs. Uh, obviously, that kind of discussion is not going to completely go away. But hopefully now that they have some means with all of these contracts coming up, uh, they could maybe fund it themselves. Yeah, hopefully so. I mean, I mean they, they can't have it both ways, right? They can't leave the palace and then still rely on the palace for, yep. for help and assistance and whatnot. So like any 18-year-old who's leaving their parents' house and needs to go and figure it out on their own, Harry and Meghan need to do the same thing. And so however they do it, use their influence, use their charm, use kind of the popularity they have around the world and make it in a way where they can take care of themselves completely. And that will then properly sever those ties and mean there's no weird gray area between the two. Yeah, 100%. Now, Barry, some other crazy stuff happened this year, and we're talking about technology companies, big tech giants that affect all of our lives in uh, pretty profound ways, uh, finally being kind of scrutinized a bit and being brought into Congress to answer some very important questions. Yeah, the first, the very first time these companies had the spotlight put on them and they've had to kind of be accountable for what they've become, right? These companies that we're talking about are, of course, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, those sorts of giants that have become bigger than countries. Some of these guys have got immense power and immense influence around the world. And unfortunately, the way the world is kind of shaping up, there's been a lot of talk about is social media damaging for the environment, for the economy, for people's psychology, et cetera, et cetera. These big companies who are kind of selling these targeted advertisements, what happens because of that business model, the privacy conversation yep. about who should own this data, where should the data sit, all of these discussions finally came to a head with the US Congress calling these big CEOs into these fancy old rooms to sit and talk about the future of technology and the future of regulation. And unfortunately, I don't know how much progress was made yep. because a lot of the, the congressmen didn't know enough about what they were trying to regulate. So it was in some instances, it was quite comical watching some of the questions that were asked and some of the responses is given but hopefully it's the first step of many to figure out how do we make sure these companies are working in the interests of the public and not just making as much money as they can and running away with it while destroying democracies and while destroying kind of the way people act in their real lives and so hopefully Chad it's the first of many but a very very big step in the right direction to try and regulate these guys in a way that makes sense for, for everybody. Yeah I do definitely think it's the first of many I think there's been so much extra discussion in this arena that we haven't really heard before everyone was kind of just blindly punting the benefits of these platforms without actually thinking about the consequences and I think some of the documentaries some of the books we've read this year a guy that you focus a lot on Barry Tristan Harris um, is certainly starting to kind of spread his message out there um, I saw he was even on the Russell Brand podcast so definitely reaching new audiences continually and I think every single person who does hear some of these perspectives and views will certainly start questioning what it is that they're getting from these platforms um, and ultimately whether the current sort of free reign that they have uh, is, is okay. Without a doubt. And I think it's one of the things we're going to continue to cover here on Across the Pond because yep. we're both so passionate about this thing is what is the ethical implications of this technology? Technology is not, it's not good or bad. It's, it's, it's neutral. It depends on how we use it. And so we've had a lot of discussions about how in your personal capacity, how should you be using your technology in a kind of a country or kind of macro capacity? How should countries be regulating this technology? There's so much meat on yep. these discussions. And it's brand, brand new. These, these companies are not hundreds of years old, right? They've only been born in the last little bit and so we're still trying to figure out what is the best way to do it for the world and for the people who live in it so lots more to come on this story chad but a big first step here in 2020 yeah i do definitely agree a massive massive step may it long continue now something else really quite noteworthy that happened this year barry and it's not something that just happened this year but i think we had an extra level of scrutiny on it because of the fact that everyone is at home and there were really a few stories that kind of crescendoed into this massive campaign uh, awareness campaign i would say as well along the, around the world i know a lot of my friends were getting educated really about some of the the plight that that black people are having around the world um, and we of course talking about george floyd uh, the tragic killing of him 
and of course the hashtag Black Lives Matter campaign that really was a global campaign, uh, but of course kind of centered itself in the U.S., yeah, Chad, it really was a, a very catalyzing moment yep. for some of these discussions that have been happening for years and years and years. This racial discussion has been happening for a long time. And in some cases, very little progress has been made. There's been a lot of frustration and a lot of anger towards the fact that these systems are still set up in ways that kind of discriminate against large portions of the world. And this moment, this one moment of this video that went viral of this policeman kneeling on George Floyd's neck, eventually killing him, went absolutely crazy because it was it was that that catalyst that everyone started to say hold on a minute this is so blatant this is so in my face how can i not bring this up how can we not talk about this and it kick-started like you say this movement across the world black lives matter has been going for a long time but yep. this was their moment in the sun this is when things really came to a head and everybody no matter where you were in the world you you knew about the story and you were forced to confront some of the realities in 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 this idea very controversial, of course, in the way that the Black Lives Matter protest kind of unbanded itself. There were some violent acts aspects. There was some looting. There was all sorts of craziness going on. But at the end of the day, the underlying discussion that needed to be had was very, very important. Yeah. And like with the previous story, Chad, hopefully this is the first of many of these sorts of discussions. As we fight for a fairer world, we fight for a world where your skin color does not matter, where it really should not impact the quality of your life or the opportunities that you're afforded. And this kind of video, I don't think... If you've seen the video, I don't think you'll ever forget it, Chad. Yeah, I completely agree, Barry. That video certainly had a massive kind of profound impact on me this year. Um, and like you say, especially because all of us were at home and had this increased capacity to focus on this topic, which is really important. And I'm glad that it has made some progress. Um, but like you say, the extra challenges of having social distancing in place and all of these kind of rallies and all that kind of stuff, uh, certainly not the, the most ideal time for, for this to have happened, uh, but better late than never. And like we said, it's some positive progress getting in the right direction, which is the most important thing. Now, on the back of the kind of COVID-19 pandemic and the resulting effect on all of our lives, a lot of us were forced, the majority of us worldwide, were forced to work from home or work remotely. And this is something that has been seen as an absolute luxury for anyone who's been able to kind of get it in their workplace arrangement. I do know of friends who, before the pandemic, were able to work a couple of days from home, uh, even, even three days, up to three days from home. And for those people, it was a luxury that they would kind of go around and kind of show off about, really. Um, and fair enough, uh, I was very envious of all of those people. Uh, but all of us were able now this year to try it out for ourselves. And what has been so interesting for me is the mixed kind of perspectives on it. I absolutely loved it. Um, and I would be more than happy to have some form of recurring work from home uh, flexibility in the future. And uh, hopefully, I think a lot of companies are going to start putting those through as normal practices. But I know a lot of people who absolutely hated it, who felt cabin fever, who were not able to get that social human connection, um, and who some people were not as productive. Yeah, it's been a very polarizing kind of move, right? And it's, it really accelerates where the world was going anyway. Mm. I, felt, I feel like with technology and with communication and with the things like Zoom and Skype and Teams and all these, these pieces of technology, we were moving towards a world where you didn't have to be physically with the people you were working yep. with. The technology had gotten so good that you could really sit and work the whole day interacting on message or on video calls or whatever the story is, getting the work done, but while wherever you want to live. So you didn't have to stay with those people. And that was kind of coming down the pipe and we were saying oh in the next couple decades and then the pandemic hits and all of a sudden everyone was thrust into that world yeah. and like you say learning to deal with the new distractions with the a new way of work with hours and hours of zoom meetings and let people fatigued <laughs> and tired with the chaos that came with do I have to be always be available with my boss emailing me at 11 p.m. on a Friday night, mm. et cetera, et cetera. There's been so much has come out of this work from home type idea. And like you say, some people love it, some people hate it. And I think it's going to be here to stay, to be yeah. honest, for certain companies. And so it's going to be something we continue to talk about. How do you remain productive while you're working from home where Netflix is just a few steps away <laughs> and the fridge is just a few steps away, right? And you've got to try and keep yourself self-disciplined yep. and motivated because you don't have a boss breathing down your neck. So yeah, good 
good and bad. I, for one, really loved it, but I've been doing it for a while, yep. so it wasn't that much of a change for me. But for people in offices, this was a ginormous shift and one of the biggest kind of talking points of this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just saw so many positives that came out from it, Barry. I've got a long list that I don't want to bore you with. Obviously, I'm an advocate for this, <laughs> um, but but yeah. That was certainly something really interesting that happened this year that we had no idea was going to. The next thing is in this realm of social media, one that I think some commentators were talking about last year, at the end of last year. I'm talking about Gary V, who was really saying that this is going to be the next one. Uh, and he was saying this last year. And it actually happened. TikTok has become this crazy phenomenon, uh, potentially being banned in the US. It's potentially got code that tries to steal private information, etc., etc. <laughs> so many discussion points this year coming out from the rise of TikTok. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> Who would have thought that this this app for for dancing and kind of these silly memes and whatnot would become this global powerhouse that rivaled the big guns? If you looked at the big guns a couple of years ago and you saw Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and, and YouTube and, and all of these big plays, it was hard to see where a new social media platform was going to pop up and have any sort of impact. And TikTok has become the fastest growing social media platform ever, getting to hundreds of millions of users in no time at all. And of course, the controversy being because it's came out of China. It's a Chinese app, Chinese data, all of that stuff, and that's where all the US kind of chaos started. But you cannot deny its impact on culture, especially on the on the lower ages from like 18 and down. It's been absolutely transformational in that sense. And it feels like it's a Facebook killer. It's a potential yeah. Facebook killer going forward. So lots to come on the TikTok front. Uh, I, I tried a couple myself, Chad, eventually deleted the app because it was way too addictive. But I can understand how people can spend hours and hours and hours on that app. Really, really interesting to see. Absolutely fascinating. I still haven't downloaded the app, Barry. I'm so glad I've not gotten involved in it, to be honest. I mean, yes, I might be missing out on loads of enjoyable content. Um, but, but like you say, I think it is and can be very addictive. Um, and I mean, it just is an interesting discussion point that the short form video media has become a, kind of a medium now that we have internets that are so much faster. Um, Facebook, you know, wasn't a place to upload video, Barry, because the kind of internet speeds that you had on the go uh, were, were just not there. I mean, I think about the mobile versions of Facebook way back in the day. Uh, you had this like image shrinking algorithm and all of these, you know, particular things just to try and save data and here we go we are now in the age of short film video because of the fact that we've got this extra bandwidth and extra speed and capability uh, which i think was a big factor yeah, definitely. I mean, these TikToks are now made on the go, like you say, in no time. It's given people editing skills they never had before to chop and change pieces of video, to put effects on, to make it slower, make it faster, add songs, add music. It really has become a video production studio in your yeah. pocket. And that's what TikTok is really amazing at. It gives anybody the chance to make really well put together videos that, like you say, can be shared and very, very easily consumed by millions of people in no time. So an absolute game changer and a big shout out to my famous, my, my favorite TikTok. <laughs> TikToker, my, my mate Rohit, who managed his 100 days without fizzy Amazing. drinks. Big shout out to you, my man. You made me laugh so many times this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Barry, for forwarding me his progress videos. Um, because there was just <laughs> such a kind of wonderful thing in observing this uh, really, really noble quest to avoid fizzy drinks um, and to share that kind of progress <laughs> in these short little clips uh, was just so enjoyable. Now, Barry, we have to talk about something else we never knew or thought would happen this year. Um, and that is after Trump's impeachment, after the way he handled COVID, after Black Lives Matter, after everything, there was this rally where voters turned out in unprecedented numbers for the election to cast their ballot. And ultimately, we have a new president in the White House. We got rid of Trump, Chad. We got rid of Trump. What an exciting moment for the whole world, I think, but especially for America, who was really feeling the, the chaos of this, this man that they had installed as their leader. And it's kind of crazy to think that he was the president for four years, but for a long time before the pandemic hit, it looked like he was going to get another four yep. years. It didn't look like there was going to be anyone that could kind of take him on. And I think the pandemic really was the final nail in his coffin, and Joe Biden came up and kind of tried to be the voice of the people. Almost one of those figures where 
we didn't like him that much anyway, but he was just better than Trump. Yeah. And so we'll just go with we'll go with him to get Trump out of office. And of course, a very controversial election because of the, the pandemic itself. So this whole debate between in-person voting and, and mail-in voting and the fact that we had to wait three or four days for the results, the <laughs> fact that Trump still hasn't conceded the yeah. election and is still fighting yeah. it in courts. It's one of the craziest elections I've ever seen. And for, for the day of the election, when shops were, were, were like kind of barring their windows and kind of closing up their stores because they were wait, worried about looting, that tells you all you need to know about a very controversial US election. Absolutely. Nothing more to add, Barry. Uh, I think you covered it perfectly <laughs> from top to bottom. Now let's have some fun. We've discussed what's happened this past year. We are ready now. Now that we've covered it, we've, we've ticked it all off. We're ready to forget about it, Barry. Although there's some fun things that we did this year too. Stuff I found interesting. Some fun stuff we did, Barry, and that is our 2020 awards. Why don't you kick us off? Oh, Chad, this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast every single year is when we try and narrow down our favorite pieces of art from all the various categories, yep. and we kind of give them what did we discover in 2020? Because I know I always cheat and I bring up stuff that isn't actually from 2020. Yeah. So what did we discover in 2020 that really kind of brought our attention, really won us over and really made us think, wow, this is amazing. And so we're going to start, Chad, with our favorite movie of 2020. Now, for all of us stuck at home, we've watched a lot of movies. We've had Netflix <laughs> on a lot. And so there's a, it's very, very difficult to pick a favorite here. For me, Chad, my favorite movie for 2020, at least I discovered in 2020, is the, the film Parasite, this amazing South Korean film that won the Oscar in 2019 for Best Picture. And it's this incredible allegory of this idea of inequality playing out in the same house. Completely unpredictable, completely strange, and set in a very non-Hollywood way. I gave it an absolute 10 out of 10, Chad. It was my favorite movie of the year unbelievable stuff and I'm uh, very happy to give my award for that some honorable mentions on my side the trial of the Chicago 7 was fantastic and then I watched a Christmas movie which I really enjoyed <laughs> called the California Christmas and okay. I just had to slide that one in there oh that's interesting interesting to see a Christmas movie made its way in there I mean they typically <laughs> cheesy at best um, but I'm gonna have to go and watch that one if only you could have told me about it a few days ago Barry that would have been good uh, nevertheless <laughs> I remember how much the parasite uh, you know how it had an effect on you and I still haven't seen it myself. Uh, in 2020, I did watch a lot of movies, but if we were honest with ourselves, we weren't able really to watch any new stuff. Um, that said, I did watch uh, one of the Lord of the Rings. I watched, I think, five or six of the Star Warses. <laughs> and Barry, to your dismay, none of those are on my list of favorite movie of the year. So sad, um, so sad. <laughs> but what is on my favorite list and is something that when looking at the trailer, I really didn't think it would be here. Um, but Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, uh, which is filmed in London. And to be honest, I just loved the movie. Some wonderful action scenes, a great story that pulls you back and forth in the timeline, Barry, in sequence of events and really gets you uh, gets you thinking and keeps your kind of intrigue up. Um, and at the same time, I found it was really nice and humorous too. So that has to be my favorite movie of 2020. That sounds fascinating, Chad. I'm going to have to add that to my list yeah. and go and check it out. So those are our favorite movies for 2020. If you're listening right now, drop us a comment. Let us know what your favorite movie Definitely. of the year was. We'd love to find out. The next segment or the next award we're giving out is the favorite documentary of 2020. And for me, Chad, this was an easy choice, a documentary that really moved me, a seven-part series, docu-series, okay. by the one and only Mr. David Attenborough called Seven Worlds, One Planet. It was an amazing piece of documentary filmmaking, some incredible footage that really blew me away, and I was enraptured by every single moment. So that was my favorite of the year. Some honorable mentions on my side, AlphaGo, an amazing documentary about AI and about the way that an AI system beat the game of Go for the first time. Tiger King, that incredible, <laughs> infamous Netflix documentary about this crazy situation over in the US. And then My Octopus Teacher, which we chatted about a couple weeks ago. This amazing film about this man's relationship with an octopus. There's a lot there that I still need to catch up on, Barry, one of these days. I still haven't watched Seven Worlds, <laughs> One Planet, haven't watched AlphaGo or The Tiger King. Um, but of course, My Octopus Teacher, definitely noteworthy. I mean, my choice was a bit tricky. I kind of thought back on all the stuff that I've watched. I'm still kind of working my way through, uh, you know, The Last Dance, uh, Michael Jordan, which, which I am enjoying. Um, but I think just for the feeling that I got from watching this, the level of inspiration that came with it and, and kind of just the intrigue really at this, this peek behind the curtain in what life is like for an artist. 
I thoroughly enjoyed Sean Mendez's documentary In Wonder. Um, my honorable mentions will be My Octopus Teacher and, of course, uh, A Life on Our Planet, which was the follow-up to Seven Worlds, One Planet by Sir David Attenborough. Um, and that, again, was just a wonderful kind of call to arms, really, thinking about the way that we are treating the planet. Um, and, you know, I, I certainly was impacted by it. Amazing, amazing. Moving on to TV series. And TV has gotten so good in the past couple yes. of years. It's really hard <laughs> to make a call like this. Uh, I think all of us have got our favorites that we all live and die by and we kind of talk about it across the dinner table. For me, my favorite TV series of 2020 is undoubtedly The Queen's Gambit, a series that kind of came out of nowhere, a show about chess of all things. You could wonder, well, how is this going to be entertaining? But boy, is it fascinating. This amazing story about this female chess player who kind of starts as a prodigy at nine years old and grows up to be the number one chess player in the world, beating all of the men in her path. A really, really fascinating series, and I loved it to bits. Very close behind <laughs> is The Crown, a personal favorite here yep. and across the pond, and then also Sex Education, a very like a delightful yeah, show yeah. that I've really enjoyed over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, all, How about you, Jim? All really good choices, Barry. I haven't watched The Queen's Gambit yet, uh, but did thoroughly enjoy enjoy sex education too and potentially enjoyed the crown because of kind of getting to know Gillian Anderson in sex education uh, as as the mother um, of I can't remember what his name is but anyway great <laughs> great series highly recommend <laughs> as well I mean my choice had to go to the crown Barry I was really looking forward to that release uh, you know when I had realized that it was coming out in November I was so excited I was counting the days um, and it didn't disappoint I mean I got through it in just over a week binge watched the whole thing it didn't disappoint at all so that's our favorite tv show covered and ticked off next up favorite artists oh yes favorite artists what kind of music do we get up to in 2020 chad this one it took me about four milliseconds to answer <laughs> this question um of course all of my friends and family they made may make fun of me the whole year about it about how obsessed i was with this one man from the uk a man by the name of jacob collier this incredible multi-instrumentalist that I discovered in 2020. And honestly, Chad, it's one of the best things for me that's come out of this year. For a year full with drama and loss and grief and heartache, this music really kept me alive and mm. kept me kind of kept me going. Finding out about his stuff, learning about him as a person and as a musician, and listening to his stuff on repeat all the time. So for me, my favorite artist of 2020 is Jacob Collier. Some honorable mentions go to Louis Capaldi. I really loved his newer stuff. And then Sean Mendes, of course, the album that came out quite recently that we both loved, Chad. Nice, Barry. I mean, when I was looking at your choice, uh, I was almost swayed. Uh, but then I realized that, and I just can't forget the, the pre-pandemic experience that I had uh, with probably my favorite artist of this year, and that is Phineas, uh, the brother of Billie Eilish who I was privileged enough to watch live at an exclusive, very intimate performance uh, at his record label uh, when he and his sister were here for the James Bond tour, which we've still not seen the movie. Uh, <laughs> little sore point there. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't forget about that, Barry. This year for me was definitely a Phineas year. Um, if you've never listened to his stuff, definitely go and give it a try. Uh, again, honorable mentions have to go to two of your choices jacob collier and sean mendes <laughs> uh you know with his wonder album that he released uh just not so long ago and then of course how can we not talk about jacob um and you know his crazy amount of music that he released this year uh, which he's been nominated for a grammy for i'm in love chad i've got a proper <laughs> crush on him everyone knows that and so one of the best things to come out of this year and i'm looking forward to following his career going forward i really do think he's the best artist in the world right now and obviously i'm very biased but that is my 2020 pick and i think phineas is a great choice mm. as well i was so jealous when you were sending me videos from that little intimate concert and you saw how talented this man yeah. really is i think a lot of people don't realize how much of his influence is behind billy eilish's music and billy sure. eilish's success and so to see him go his own way and make his own stuff has been super cool to see and of course chad you've covered a couple of his things so that's really cool <laughs> as well um, yeah. So fantastic music in 2020. Yeah, 100%. Uh, could not cover, uh, you know me. Once I find an artist I love, I'm inspired <laughs> to the level where I have to just uh, put something out of theirs as well. My take on what they've released. Okay, we've now covered all of that stuff, all of the kind of typical media that we consume. How about reading, Barry, which is one of your favorite things to do? 
Yes, yes. So of course, this is very difficult because I love books. And I love all sorts of different types of things. So it's hard to pick a winner here, Chad. But for me, I ended up going with the very first Nigerian novel I've ever read that I found absolutely fascinating. A story called An Orchestra of Minorities by an author called Chikosi Obioma. It was this amazing story about grief and heartache, a very sad book, but this amazing redemption arc towards the end. And the language was so unique, it was so African, it was so wonderfully put together that I absolutely loved it from start to finish. And I think I finished it in like a day or two. Wow. That's how addicted I was to the story. Wow. So that was an amazing story. And I would fully encourage anyone, if you want to try African fiction for the first time, it's a great place to start. Honorable mentions for me go to Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. It's a book that came out like 10 years ago, but I finally got around to it this year. Really, really good like piece of psychology literature. And then another book called Figuring by Maria Popova. More kind of a poetry slash scientific kind of inquiry into the history of science, which I really enjoyed. A very weird book. I think if you don't know her writing, you'll find it a bit strange. But I've been a big fan of her for years, and I'm so glad to see her write something in, in, in a book form. How about you? Amazing. Those all do sound really good, Barry. I mean, I don't read not nearly as much as you do, <laughs> um, but we, we're going to talk about our goals and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think my favorite of this year would have to be Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers, uh, which, like I explained on this podcast, uh, was a very different kind of book. It was kind of an assembly of case studies that eventually tied full together and had this underlying narrative. But I guess just the case studies alone, a fascinating look into human psychology and our propensity to trust and, uh, you know, that skepticism and the dangers of pushing it too far um, and, you know, what can happen ultimately if you do. You can never go wrong with Malcolm Gladwell. His writing is amazing. And so I haven't read his latest one, but I've read everything else he's ever written. And I think it's a great choice. I need to get my hands on that one. The final award for 2020 goes to our favorite podcast moments of the year. And Chad, when you have 58... <laughs> episodes there's a lot that happens yep. there's a lot of good bad and ugly throughout the whole process there's a lot of stuff that the audience never sees because it's behind the <laughs> scenes and we've poured our heart and soul mm. into this project over the last little bit and my favorite moments of the year chad is a moment that i was starstruck <laughs> i was flabbergasted i threw you completely under the bus i was absolutely nowhere mm. and that's where we got the chance to interview a goat live yes. on the show yes you heard that right if you missed that episode Episode, what are you doing <laughs> go and watch it right now we interviewed a goat live on across the pond chad and it was my favorite moment even though i was useless <laughs> <laughs> oh it was definitely a noteworthy moment um i remember waking up we had to wake up fairly early i think for that one i was also like kind of half asleep mm. wondering whether the goat was going to tune in on time and it was kind of a, a bit of a joke <laughs> of yours i think to to mention that you know maybe we should get one on the podcast and i was like barry you've said it and we're gonna do it <laughs> Um, to understand why that was your favorite moment of the year. Certainly an extraordinary kind of moment. Uh, I'd say my sure. favorite moment for the year, Barry, would be us actually hitting one year. When I looked back at like our Spotify uh, unwrapped and looked at how much we've produced, how many kind of minutes and hours of content we've put out and done so consistently, uh, that for me was, was really a rewarding moment. Uh, we actually realized that these you know, the hours that you spend week after week, you know, are all worth it. And they do present in this wonderful uh, archive of our stuff that we've put out there into the world. Uh, so that would certainly have to be one of my most noteworthy of this year. But it's been a hell of a year, Barry. And I guess we're just getting better and better and, you know, looking forward to all of our episodes for next year too. Exactly. We just keep chugging along as long as you keep listening and keep watching and keep giving us that positive encouragement that we love so much. We'll keep doing the yep. show for you. And so for everyone who's joined us across this, this this year, across 2020, joined our little show here, our little family here <laughs> across the pond. We appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, I've loved every second of it. Yeah, as well. Barry, let's then talk about our goals. Develop and grow. So as you will be listening to this, it will be the new year, which is crazy. We're recording <laughs> this on uh, Sunday night, uh, Sunday the 27th. So we've still got a few days as we are busy recording it. But as you're listening to this, you will be in the new year frame of mind. And uh, with that in mind, we are going to kind of unpack some of our goals for this year. Uh, some of the things that we had 
great intentions, uh, but, you know, really <laughs> just weren't able to get around to. So, Barry, why don't you talk us through what your goals were this year? And then we'll obviously look forward. Chad, this is so funny to look at because <laughs> past Barry had no clue what was coming down the pipe. Past Barry had all these golden ideas of what he was going to accomplish. And then 2020 just slapped us all across the face and kind of put us in our place. Yeah. So a lot of these didn't really happen, to be honest, Chad. And so it's one of those things where it's hard to look back on them. The first piece was run my first marathon. Mm. That was going to be a big physical challenge of mine to try and run my first full marathon. And that obviously fell by the wayside. The second one was finish my master's thesis. And that's still not done. <laughs> I was hoping to have a published in a journal okay. by now and it's still not finished i don't have any good excuses i, I i've run out of excuses <laughs> chad and i have to get it done yep. pretty soon so i didn't get that done the third one though was quite interesting and i, I wrote here launch artists and soldiers now, we haven't really chatted about it much on the podcast because I've kind of been building it in secret okay. almost. I haven't told many people about it, but it's my new business and it's a business I've been building over the past couple of months. And so I did actually accomplish this. Cool. I did actually launch at least in a soft way without going to the public necessarily, but that public launch is coming very early in 2021. Awesome. So that's very exciting for me. Nice. So that is one tick in the box hey. for me, Chad, <laughs> out of many. The next one was to start learning Zulu. Now... The, the way this phrased, I kind of did accomplish this, okay. but but I think it's because I wasn't specific enough. I did actually download an app. I spent a couple of weeks learning every okay. single day, and I was doing 20 to 30 minutes a day. But I probably only did it for about a month in the middle of my lockdown and then kind of faded mm. away. So I'll give myself a half mark because I did start <laughs> technically, and I learned a couple words, but nowhere near enough to get any fluent. So that's something I need to work on going forward. But I, I really enjoyed that process. Yeah. It just happened to be so many other things going on that it was hard to kind of dedicate that time and effort and then the last one is something i failed at miserably <laughs> chad and this was to implement meal prep in order to eat healthier yeah. now i am living the bachelor pad lifestyle <laughs> where the fridge is always empty you're always ordering takeout mm -hmm. it's not very healthy and it's bad on the pocket and the wallet as well and so my intention was to try and cook more and try and get better at meal prep so i didn't have to worry about ordering food and kind of spending all that extra money or just ordering junk and trying to eat more mm -hmm. healthily I didn't do that this year, and I think it's because COVID hits and all we wanted was that comfort food, yep. <laughs> that kind of that nice, warm, like well-prepared food that we ordered from whatever delivery app you used. So for me, Chad, I'm going to give myself <laughs> one and a half <laughs> out of five, which which mm. for 2020, I'll take it. I'll take it. Chad. Yeah, I think that's still good going, Barry. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> you couldn't do the first marathon because races and social distancing a new phenomenon we had no idea about uh the master thesis okay fine whatever um you know on on, on all the rest of them barry you know i think gotta be easy on yourself as well uh this year was insane so to have one and a half like you say in this year i think is good going uh, <laughs> that's really good going and in terms of the master's thesis i mean you did make some progress on it some some good progress on it uh so you know i would award you another half mark there barry because i'm feeling good you're too kind, Chad. You're too kind. That's why I like having my, my podcast host. Yes, I'll take it. Two out of five, and the master's thesis is going to be done soon, I promise. Now, Chad, we've chatted about mine. I want to hear your scorecard. I want to hear what you said in 2020. Of course, you had some big moments that you were planning for this year that didn't happen, Chad. Yeah, I mean, you did really well, Barry, because if we look down my list and how many <laughs> I've ticked off, uh, it certainly isn't as good. Um, so the first one was to get in shape by September for my wedding. And I had set a goal, a body fat percentage between 10 and 12%. Oh, how I wish that is what my current body <laughs> fat percentage was. Um, because no, my wedding got postponed to next year. And ultimately, uh, I picked up weight during lockdown so uh, the opposite of that ended up happening the second one was to be present on my wedding day to actually take it all in um, and like I said wedding was postponed so didn't get to take that one off next one was to complete an Ironman 70.3 in under seven hours uh, I was supposed to do an Ironman 70.3 in Marbella in April and that got postponed that got moved to next year Barry so I wasn't able to attempt that either <laughs> um, the next one was to keep the podcast going strong throughout the year and that one is one hey. big heavy tick um, so I will I will yes. take that at least uh, at least I got one there <laughs> uh, the next is to read at least one book per month uh, which I have failed dismally at but that said <laughs> I have read probably more than I've read any other year 
And that's because there was a goal here. I was, in the back of my mind, I was thinking about this number 12 um, and at least inching one closer. Uh, so I certainly read a lot more than I have read before. I think I managed to finish about five or six books. I'm I think I'm busy on my sixth now. I uh, managed to finish five within the year, which is, like I said, probably the most I've ever read uh, before. So I'll take that as a half mark, Barry, uh, if I can push it that far. <laughs> um, and then the last one uh, was to find contentment in the work that I do. Now, this is obviously uh, my nine to five. And to be honest, I think I have... I think I have achieved that. Uh, I don't know if it is because of working from home and the extra uh, kind of autonomy that that comes with, um, but I've certainly enjoyed that and I've certainly enjoyed uh, working, which for a while I was struggling with. Um, so, you know, it's good to tick that one off. So, you know, overall, Barry, I'm going to give myself kind of two and a half, uh, but that is pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, Chad. I think the half mark for the books is fair <laughs> enough. I think that reading six books a year is, is no mean feat. Like a lot of people read zero yeah. books a year. And so that is that is that is a big deal. So I know it's something you've been working on. And so I think six is a really good accomplishment. So I'm Thanks. happy to give you the half a mark there. And I'm, I'm tempted to give you one and a half for the podcast. Hey. Because for those who don't know everybody, Chad is the unsung hero of this show. He is the man behind it all. The man who puts it, makes sure we all sound incredible. The man who makes sure I look incredible, which is a very difficult not task to accomplish and it's one of those things where without this man this show would not happen and so the podcast being strong for 52 weeks has a lot to do with mr chad sturdy so i'm going to give you an extra <laughs> half a mark there chad just because of how appreciative i am of all the work you put in this year. Oh, amazing thank you barry i will take that and and thank you very much uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate it i definitely do appreciate it like i said that moment of realizing how many kind of episodes we had got through and to see that number on a piece of paper it made all those hours worthwhile um because you know it is in that sometimes within that edit room uh you know it's not the most enjoyable thing in the world to do <laughs> uh, but when you get those episodes out and you actually get some feedback from listeners as well that is what makes it all worthwhile um so with that all in vain barry we can now officially completely mark a blank slate to the brand new 2021 bye bye 2020 <laughs> bye bye 2020 it's been real <laughs> we are not gonna miss you goodbye no nope, and uh nope. on to the next clean slate okay so we are in the new year spirit barry new year new me goals development kind of inching towards a better you what are you going to be aiming for this year Okay, so Chad, hopefully we won't be hit with as many obstacles as we were last year. So I'm hoping for a better scorecard for this year. Um, so let's run through some of my 2021 goals. The first one is with my business. And now I'm, I've set myself a revenue goal okay. that I've put on the sheet so that I can Chad can hold me accountable. Yep. I'm not going to announce the sure. revenue goal because I think it's a bit weird. Yep. But there's a revenue goal I've set for my business for this year. I'm very excited to grow it out. And I will be talking about it more across the pond as it starts to become more public. Yep. But I found a lot of success in the last couple of months. And it's going to be something I'm really putting a lot of focus into going forward my goal is to hit this revenue figure for the year and so what i hope to do is every single month look at what the monthly proportion of that total is right. and see whether i'm on track or not and so i'll keep you up to date as things go along but i can't share the number right here because it would be a bit strange yeah. but that's the goal for the business chat barry don't cut yourself short there this is a net profit goal not a revenue goal this is true. This is true. A net profit goal. Luckily, my, my, my business is very low on overheads, yeah. and so my margin is fantastic. <laughs> and so the net profit figure is hopefully going to be as high. So really looking forward to seeing if I can make that happen. The second one is one that I'm carrying forward from last year. It's that healthy eating one again. I want to get better at cooking. For some reason, I am like terrible at cooking, and I'm terrified by it, and I've never really put any effort into getting any better at it. So I would love to get a bit better at cooking, eat out less, yep. like rely less on restaurants and takeaways and that sort of thing and try and cook as much as I can at home. Nice. So that's something I want to focus on in 2021. The next one, Chad, is what I'm calling posting and <laughs> ghosting on social media. This idea that in December, I've kind of given up, given up social media and found so much peace and so much happiness from not having those apps to mm. scroll through whenever I'm bored. But I still love them to be able to share things that I'm working on, to be able to connect with friends and all that good stuff. So what I want to try and do is delete the apps from my phone and reinstall them every single time I want to post. So reinstall the app, post what I want to post, and then delete the app again and ghost and not <laughs> be scrolling scrolling yep. throughout yep. the week i don't know how it's going to go it's a very ambitious goal for the year but that's what i want to try and do and see if it Im improves my relationship with social nice. media and if i can wring a couple more hours out of my weeks that i was spending scrolling through mindless stuff 
The next piece is my creative outputs. So, Chad, me and you are both very active on yes. lots of different platforms trying to create content wherever we can. And so what I'm aiming for is 52 podcast episodes, one a week <laughs> as per usual, 30 blog posts, like high-quality articles I post on my personal sites, and then 20 YouTube videos. And nice. that's the one that scares me the most, <laughs> as you'll know, Chad. So 20 is about one every two weeks. That number, 30 articles, piece of cake. 52 podcasts, piece of cake. YouTube videos is really out of my comfort zone. And so if I can get 20 in 2021, I'll be very chuffed. I should actually make it 21. Okay. 21 YouTube videos in 2021. Love it. That's what I'm going for. Okay. <laughs> then finish the master's thesis. We chatted about that. That has to happen this year. And then two pieces on kind of more um, develop and grow type mm. stuff. The first one is focus on nurturing relationships. Nice. I feel like a lot of the quality of your life and your happiness depends on the quality of your friendships, the quality of relationships with your family, with your romantic partner, mm. the quality of relationships with other humans in your life. And so I want to really focus on that and see how much I can, how much effort I can put into nurturing those friendships, nurturing those relationships across the world and see what that does for my own mental health, my own happiness. So that's the first thing. The second thing is what I'm calling intentionality with my time. So trying to be intentional with what am I going to spend my time on. When you're working from home, when you're working for yourself specifically, it's so easy to let your to-do list kind of control your day and you end up doing the easy stuff and ignoring <laughs> the hard stuff because the easy stuff, you get the, the dopamine yep. hits of, cool, I crossed that off, yep. I crossed that off, I crossed that off. What I want to do rather is focus on what really matters. Time block that time to make sure I'm working on the really important high leverage activities so that I'm not getting caught up in procrastination. And so that's my goal for my time management. If I can be intentional with the time that I spend, then that is an A+. So that is a full list, Chad, of very ambitious goals. I'd love to hear what you think, but that's what I'm going to be working on for 2021. I love them. I love that they cover the kind of whole spectrum that is Barry. I think you've you've hit the nail on the head here, Barry. And uh, ultimately, I think there's loads more that we are both going to be talking about social media. And posting and ghosting your new strategy is uh, one that certainly sounds wonderful i looked back i think even just yesterday on my screen time my weekly screen time and to see the number of hours that you spend every day you don't realize oh. it because you you kind of add in these 20 minute slots and the amount of time that you're just completely wasting um you know you've got to get intentional with it which is great um and yes i'm going to hold you to those 21 youtube videos uh and hopefully we can get that <laughs> spread out consistently through the year um i think it's a i think it's a nice number um and i think i'm going to Take from some, some pretty similar number because I think once every two weeks uh, it does sound really very good. So that all sounds wonderful, Barry. Let me talk you through some of mine. Uh, I've copy pasted some, copy pasted some from uh, <laughs> from last year's ones because they still apply. Wedding is happening next year in September, so I do want to get into shape for it. Again, I'm setting that goal of body fat percentage between 10 and 12 percent i've been there before it's doable i just need to get disciplined with it watch the diet uh, get in shape do all that kind of stuff um the next one of obviously being present on my wedding day i've copy pasted that but i have uh, kind of added in a little piece towards the end which is taking in all of the build-up every single little piece of the build-up and you know fighting for the ability to switch off from work and other projects in the lead-up so when i'm on the when i'm on that plane barry i need to be completely switched off from everything else and be 100 percent present on that wedding um and obviously connecting with family and friends when we when we're over that side and celebrating this this wonderful milestone the next thing, like I said, the Ironman 70.3 was rolled forward one year as well. So I'm still going to be trying to complete that in under seven hours. Now, like I said, it's in April and I have hardly done any training <laughs> whatsoever. So I think it's a bit ambitious. I think I need my goal should rather be finish it. Um, but, but anyway, I'll keep it there rather to err on the side of ambition. Um, the next one to keep Definitely. the podcast going strongly throughout the year, which is similar to the one that you had, but I have added a second part here, Barry, and that is to significantly grow our audience. Now I know you don't like this. You like thinking about the things that we can <laughs> control. We can control rocking up, being present every single week and releasing an episode. Uh, we can't control the audience, but I really, really want as a goal to significantly grow our audience this year. I think we've got the potential. I honestly think our podcast has such a wonderful 
opportunity for, for growth. And I think it can touch lots of people's lives. Um, and and I, I want to do that this year, Barry. I really do. Um, so that is on my list. The next thing, keeping the 12 books. I, I think this year I've got a wonderful selection of books to keep me company. I'm just going to read you through a few titles because I know you're going you're gonna to love it, please, Barry. Please. Um, I've taken your Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. I've got that on the shelf. Yeah, I've got one called Lovely. "Surrounded by Idiots," uh, which which seems like a very interesting one. It looks at the different personality types uh, that there are out there, which looks very interesting to me. Uh, Jordan B. Peterson's 12 Rules for Life," which I've got. I've got "Born to Run," uh, Christopher McDougal, oh, yes. which you told me about as well. Um, I've got James Smith, who's a personal trainer. He's released a sort of um, kind of life coachy type book. I've read his, uh, you know, fitness and health book this year as well. So I, I kind of picked up that and I've got a signed copy, uh, which is not really anything to write home about. Um, so, so yeah, Barry, I've got some, a good, a good list of reading to, to keep me company. I'm busy with digital minimalism, which I'm really enjoying so far. Um, so, so yeah, that we're going to try and hit one a month as well. That is such a cool list, Chad. I'm, I'm almost jealous you get to read them for the first time and in a way that I can't, yeah. right? Because a lot of those books I've really enjoyed and really loved. And I think you're going to find some of those ideas really cool. So I'm excited to hear about them in the next year as we talk about them on the podcast. Of course, the best ones kind of come mm. up and bubble to the surface and across the pond. So I'm really excited about that. And just a quick note on the podcast audience. I think what we can control, Chad, is actually putting more effort into the marketing yep. and putting Definitely. more effort into distribution, yep. right? So we might not be able to control the actual numbers yep. themselves. But when we when we get caught up in the week-to-week -week schedule, it's hard to remember that we need to look for new audience definitely. members and look for new ways to promote ourselves. And so that is certainly something we can definitely work on together and I'm fully with you on there. Awesome. This podcast has got so much potential. Our super fans really yep. love us and so I'd love to grow that audience as best we can. Absolutely. And I'm thinking new guests uh, get some wonderful, interesting perspectives on the podcast too, uh, which we, we can. Mm -hmm. We can just reach out to people. Like I said barry if you never ask you never get so that is our <laughs> kind of mantra for this next year too so i'm not done with my goals i know it seems like a long list but let me carry on uh similar to yours with social media i'm thinking of, of becoming a bit more intentional with the technology in my life uh, what purpose does it serve and is it worth taking up so much of my time um so it's, it's about looking at each little piece of technology wondering about how much enjoyment i get from it and whether it kind of fits into my like life strategy and if it does then all good uh but just just kind of try and cut out as much of the the riffraff really as possible um i want to take more photos than ever before this year barry i want to practice editing and and start to slowly develop the style that we spoke about last week um, and the only way to do that is to go out there look at new perspectives you know play around ultimately just always have the camera with me uh, always just take as many photos as possible so that is my goal for this year uh, keep posting youtube videos like i said uh, i'll kind of join with you on the number 21 which sounds good <laughs> and the last one on this list uh, is something that's also pretty important to me and that is getting back into music like actually properly getting back into music i've downloaded a piano app yesterday called simply piano and i'm going to give it a go uh it, it kind of integrates with with my piano and i think it's a good way to learn um and yeah i mean the the goal is to hopefully get back to writing some some of my own music um you know a few years ago i, I did have some songs that i wrote and and was really enjoying it uh, so it's getting back to that and uh, the last part of this goal, Barry, is is to sing my heart out and, and kind of let yourself <laughs> feel all of the wonderful emotions that come with, with musical expression. So that's my long list uh, for this year. It, it, hopefully it all happens. I love that list, Chad. It's so multifaceted. It's got so a nice mix between the very ambitious and the very realistic. It's got a lovely mix across the creative stuff and more the personal stuff. Um, so personally, I think that it's a great way to start 2021. Yeah. And I think the most important thing for any of these goals, for anyone setting goals for the year, is that it can't just be a one and done thing. I think we often get yep. to that. We get into the the trap of setting goals right at the beginning of the year, yep. and then we never look at them again because life kind of carries us away. And so it's important to keep coming back to them. So so for me, I'm gonna 
going to try and get my goals printed and nice. posted somewhere nice. in my room where it's close to yep. me so I know every single month what I'm trying to accomplish. And hopefully across the pond can be this kind of accountability thing mm -hmm. where we report back on these things over the year and make sure we are making the progress that we want to make. Goals are only powerful and they're only valuable if you actually do the work, if yep. you actually get out there and do it. Yep. So I hope anyone listening and watching right now, go and set your goals for 2021. Try and pick ones that are just out of reach, that are out of your comfort zone to force you to grow as a person and let us know what you think let us know what goals you're setting for yourself we'd love to be with you on that journey because at across the pond we all we're trying to do is become better humans chad you are 100 right i think i need to print these out too because i kind of forgot what some of these goals were when we got into the craziness of this <laughs> year uh, and when literally last week we we're talking about doing this episode uh you know i was i was kind of where are they saved like you know what were they <laughs> um so so yes it's important to to print them out it sounds ridiculous but you know the more you're looking at this the more it's on in the back of your mind and the more you're going to take action on these on these things that you set for yourself for this year uh, so that's a very very important thing to do too Barry, we've gone a bit over time, but worth it because it was a special edition episode, one that we absolutely love. And again, thanks for a wonderful episode. Of course, Chad. The very last one of 2020, mm -hmm. a year that will go down in history as an infamous year where the world was completely turned upside down. But one thing that has stayed constant and one thing that has kept going throughout this year <laughs> is Across the Pond comes out every single week, yeah. rain or shine, no matter what's happening outside. And I'm very proud of that. And so I'm looking forward to 2021. 2020 was a tough year for everybody, yeah. but hopefully yeah. 2021 is that year of redemption, that year of getting back to some sort of normalcy, that year of of tackling those things that you weren't able to tackle in 2020 and for everyone listening and for watching please 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 let your friends know about the yes. show if you want to make help us make one of our goals come true please. there are lots of people out there who would love this these kind of conversations and love these topics so please share it with those people we'd love to reach them we'd love to hear from you as well as to what you want to see in 2021 Definitely. are there parts of the show you'd like to see more of less of do you have ideas of guests we are open ears we are yep. listening to you guys and we'd love to hear what you think yeah send us a voice note in every single one of our episodes there's a tiny little link you just need to click on it'll take you to a browser window and you can record a voice note that'll come straight to us um, ask us a question just give us some thoughts we want to hear from you that's what this is all about thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week oh, 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 oh,